Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Uh, It was a lot of emotions, you know, especially sharing this moment with my family and uh, you know looking looking back where we come from all the all the things that we that we went through and uh, you know just uh, the ups and downs the struggles and you know it's uh, it, it was just uh, a great moment you know to share my family and uh, a lot of gratitude and very proud very proud of uh, you know of what we of what we built as a team and uh, once again starting from you know, uh, winning 25 games uh, my rookie year, playing in the G League, you know, and now be able to to become one of the of the best teams in the West, and hopefully now uh, win a win a championship. Rudy Gobert on his five-year, 205 million dollar contract extension, largest deal in NBA history for a center, player option for the last year. Rudy was eligible for up to 228 million, so he left a little more than four million per year on the table there. So now, PK, Jazz fans can go from worrying, are we going to hold on to Gobert? Is he going to leave too? Is he going to walk out of town like Hayward? Two. Okay, we got our two Max guys. Are they as good as those two Max guys over there? It's a whole new set of worries for Jazz fans. Yeah, I don't think that Rudy was ever going to leave town by his own doing. What I mean by that is that Hayward wanted out. I don't think Gobert wanted out. Now, he may have left. Obviously, he's not going to, so it doesn't matter. It's a moot point. But I think those two situations are different. And, yeah, now the onus is on jazz management, which is exactly where you want it to be because they've got two foundational players, obviously, in Mitchell and Gobert. And what do they do to supplement? You know, it's going to be hard. But, yeah, winning is always hard, man. If it were easy, everybody would do it. But there's the, it's, the management now has to come up with guys. I was thinking about guys that you know weren't extremely highly paid. And they're all highly paid. To think that this young man is going to make $40 million a year to play basketball is just absolutely mind-blowing. And for me, and I assume even for you, it's absolutely in, un or in or non-comprehendable, whatever that uh, prefix is there. I couldn't imagine. You know, He's talking about struggles with his family. But at least financially, they're over. And they're not only over for you, they're over for your kids and your grandkids. And so you can have all the privilege you could possibly want now because you are financially set, I would assume, beyond your wildest dreams. But for the team, as far as winning goes, that's what the fans care about. You know, there's guys out there like Matt Harpering or Raja Bell. They weren't necessarily high-profile guys that you brought in, but they helped you win. And then also, too, well, why would you do that? These two are never going to be able to win you a title. Well, if that line of thinking, they should have let the statues go. They shouldn't have re-signed them all the times that they did because they didn't win you a title either. Well, they found Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles. They're going to have to find their next Royce O'Neal and their next Joe Ingles because those players, as they play well, and if you're winning, you know, other teams are going to come for them. There's going to be opportunities for money and playing time. And even if they stay, you know, it doesn't last forever, right? And Mike Conley and Joe Ingles are in their 30s. So hopefully they can have this nice glide path and then keep performing at a high level. But, hey, we know from the statues, no matter how good you are at that, eventually Father Time gets you. So all of that will be in play and all of that will be discussed going forward. The Jazz open the season Wednesday in Portland. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag NBA. Lakers have signed Kyle Kuzma to a three-year, $40 million contract extension. Former Ute hitting it big, and he's got a player option at the end of the extension, which is kind of rare if you're not a max rookie. But he's got it, and players love those things. Rudy's got it. Donovan's got it. Players love those things because then you can make sure you time it so you don't hit free agency at a bad time, whether it's because of the market or you're coming off an injury or whatever. Gives you two shots to time it just right because timing's everything, PK. Well, I think ability rather than timing is most important because when he announced he was coming out, a lot of eyebrows were raised metaphorically, and he's getting the last laugh. I don't necessarily know that it was timing. I think for him that it was about his ability, and it's something that he believed in, and he believed in himself. And obviously he's going to be a millionaire many, many times over too. $40 million, now he's going to make that over the length of the deal, not one individual year, which just absolutely blows me away that Gobert is going to make $40 million playing basketball. With all, and it's nothing against him, but with all the stuff going on in the world and the country and the state and people losing jobs, that right in the middle of it, he signs for this. And same thing with Kuzma. But he's proven that he knew what he was talking about when he said, I'm going to leave the U of U early and go in the NBA. And good on him. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU goes to San Diego State and beats the previously undefeated and 18th-ranked Aztecs 72-62. PK, they were in charge of this game for most of the game. And then they blinked and gave up a 14-0 run, and 61-47 turned into 61-61. But you as a Jersey guy, loving people who can grind, people who can take a punch and fight back, to finish that game on 11-1 run, I don't think any of us at 61-61 thought they were going to finish that game on 11-1 run. They did. That was impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. But, you know, having been in that arena with that, and I don't know the school would have been in session, it would have been more impressive if the place was packed and all that. But we don't have that. And that's where I think college, the road, is much more of a daunting task than it is in the pros because these guys, obviously, there's a difference there. But nevertheless, it was still a nice win. You can't blame them for not having fans in there. I would have been more impressed if it would have been true. There's no such thing as a true road game, but works both ways. And so, yeah, I think what they're doing is they're finding their way and getting the ball inside, looking for harms at the rim, finding guys. Johnson now has established himself and before sporadic playing time and all that stuff. So it's only to be understood, though, to be natural, that when you brought all those guys together, that it would take a little bit for Mark Pope to figure out who does what and where to play and how this stuff should work out. And I think we're seeing it to an extent. You know, I don't think they're going to beat Gonzaga. Gonzaga with a huge win over Iowa uh, the other day there between, what, one and three. And so Gonzaga's... We keep saying this every year with Gonzaga. This might be their best team ever. <laughs> it seems, sounds like a broken record when it comes to Gonzaga. But you could still have a really good team, irregardless of what Gonzaga does. It looks like the Cougars have an opportunity to do that. Utah blows out Idaho. Uh, that was back on Friday, 79-41. Timmy Allen had 22. Idaho was overmatched. Larry Kristoviak said after the game it was great that he got to play everybody. The starters did their job early. Because you were saying, you know, guys need minutes. They just need to be in a game. And so they got a lot of people into the game. Now, back into conference play against your Sun Devils. That'll be a better test because Idaho was a scrimmage. Except 
Except that game. Except it's been that, canceled. That game is canceled already. I don't Postponed. know. Postponed. Yeah, there. Yes, it is. Yeah. Utah has COVID. That's the story. It's not that they beat Idaho. It's the fact that they've got COVID issues within the program, and they've already canceled Utah and ASU tomorrow. Southern Utah blew out Bethesda. Weber State split with Portland State. That's a Big Sky series. Uh, and the Aggies pounded Northern Colorado and will play again today. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Brady, a seven-step drop. Looks downfield. Wants all of it. Those toward the end. Got a receiver open. It's Antonio Brown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Buccaneers take the lead for the first time of the game. And Brown has his first touchdown as a Buccaneer. Jackson wants to throw. Backpedaling at the 20. Now he'll dart over to the left. Extends the play. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Dez Bryant. His first as a Raven. Sam Darnold takes one more knee. And in Sam's hometown, he makes a return trip to Los Angeles and beats the Rams to the final score. The Jets get their first win of the season in what has to be the biggest upset this year. The Jets 23 and the Rams 20. Sprint option action. Mahomes keeps it. Pitches it late. Back to battle at the right sideline. Touchdown! Kansas City sprint option. It was Texas Tech pitching to Michigan State. Chiefs beat the Saints 32-29. Mahomes throwing for three touchdowns, and if you saw that option, faked it, left the guy just grabbing it air in space, ran downfield, then pitched it late, didn't take a big hit, got a touchdown. It's like uh, he has, he's a puppeteer, and he's got everybody on a string, PK. He rolls out and throws these little dink touch passes and late options. He just seems to understand the space around him perfectly. It's weird. It's uh, awesome, but it's strange. Uh, he, yeah, he's a wildly talented football player, and he's got a great coach and Andy Reid, and everything is flowing together for these guys, and, and they continue to do what they do. They have looked as good as any Super Bowl winner defending it as anybody that I can recall in recent years. Chiefs get the win. They got the best record in the NFL. But if you're looking for a team that could uh, challenge them in the playoffs, look at the Buffalo Bills. Currently on track to be the three seed. They won the AFC East title. They routed the Broncos 48-19. to And uh, they're looking really good coming down the stretch, PK. Yeah, I mean, they're even better than the record shows because obviously they lost on that Hail Mary to the Cardinals. Take away that. They even got a better record. That's the one thing I can say. Well, if not for that play, because it literally was the last play. Anything else drives me nuts when I hear that. (laughs) But for those guys, yeah, they can say that. If not for that play, since it was the last play. But they should be. I don't know that I can take them as a serious contender because of the fact that KC is there. But other than that, if I were to eliminate that, which you can't, then, yeah, I think they're playing as well or better than anybody in not just the conference, but in the whole entire league. Over in the NFC, the Packers win again. That was a workmanlike job over the Panthers. They got up 21-3 to early, and then they were just all about ending that game. Only three points in the second half, but they went 24-16. Tampa Bay got in a hole. They were down 17-0. They were looking... Uh, Forget looking like a Super Bowl team. They weren't even looking like a playoff team. But great second half. They come back and win that game. Beat Atlanta 31-27. But you can't 
help but notice they're, they're struggling with a 4-10 and 10 team. I mean, they got the win, but uh, it doesn't exactly look like they're peaking. They're, they're kind of getting through it against the, uh, the teams they're supposed to beat. Well, good for them. That's still a level of improvement. Your Cardinals stay in, uh, in that last playoff spot. They beat the Eagles 33-26. Rough day for the NFC East with uh, Washington, Philly, and New York all losing. Dallas did win. They beat the Niners. Uh, so Washington still with a one-game lead in that division. You know, the only thing that bugs me when you assign me all these teams from Arizona is your frequent and consistent neglect of the antelopes with Grand Canyon. We don't spend a lot of time talking whack basketball. But, you know, with Southern Utah, maybe that's going to change. Well, they play, they play other sports than the weather. Other sports outside of basketball in a whack, buddy. We, that's why I've been pumping the whack in Southern Utah for a good long while now. Monday night football, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. The Steelers trying to march towards that number two seed in the AFC. We'll see how they do tonight. ESPN at 615. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Pocket holds up. Bentley with time. Has a man wide open. It's coming. What kind of speed? Did he man? There he goes. Touchdown, Utah. And around. This is Thompson. Looking for the pylon. Touchdown, Utah. They're coming hot. Jordan has the first down. Down 28-7 at the half. The Utes rally. 21-10 at Colorado was nice, but they dug an even deeper hole. That was 21-10 early third quarter at Colorado. 28-7 at the half, and they scored 38 unanswered points. They forced four turnovers in the second half. Four and a score, PK. They got a pick six and forced four turnovers and ended up blowing Washington State off the field. We'd all seen the comeback the week before, and yet I don't think any of us were really expecting that in the second half. That was unbelievable. Well, obviously, it was fun to see Drew Lisk, who's been there for a good long while, hasn't played much, stuck it out, persevered. He's not going to be an NFL quarterback. And part of the thing that the, these guys do in the colleges, that all of us did in college, is to prepare for life. And it's a great lesson to be learned how he stood there and held the clipboard and signaled in signs for all this time and gets an opportunity in the very last game, the, literally the last game, assume he doesn't come back and Kyle didn't think he would, Uh, because that would be a sixth year and he's got multiple degrees it's time to move on but what a story so you got that going on there and then also too i think lost in all this was the defensive effort maybe not lost but uh obscured to a degree was the defensive effort was just absolutely sensational in the second half i mean they totally totally dominated i realize the starting quarterback got hurt there for a little bit but still that defense that the Utes played in the second half against a team that, you know, has some power offensively, was very, very impressive. Ty Jordan, 154 yards rushing, three TDs. I thought the short one up the middle was the most impressive. There was a cut in the middle of that run. It was like, wow, that was a big-time NFL move right there. But fourth and one, you know, that was still the game was in doubt, and he just turns the corner and goes all the way. That was, that was pretty exciting, too. He keeps delivering week in and week out. Yeah, and I asked him afterward, you know, what's this deal with the second half? You know, he said that the first half, you try to feel yourself. 
as far as what the defense is doing and what you need to do and make adjustments therefore as the game goes on and wow man his second halves the last couple of weeks jeez <laughs> yes yeah. i mean this kid is just looking amazing for just when you just factor in that he's a freshman too it's incredible if he's a senior he would look incredible but when you factor in this is his first year just a few months removed from high school man it just looks incredible his future Utes decided to skip the potential bowl game. Players head home for the holidays. Ty Jordan uh, spoke about that, and one of the things alluded to is, you know, why risk injuries uh, at this point? They got a good thing set up for next year. They're bringing in quarterbacks. Uh, Charlie Brewer, Baylor grad transfer. He'll come in as a senior Texas quarterback. Jaquin and Jackson comes in as a freshman, although I've already heard red stuff, not heard, but red stuff about, you know, well, maybe, maybe he will end up switching positions. They're going to have... Two freshmen, a sophomore, and a senior. The quarterback, and and that's assuming that Bentley and List don't come back. That doesn't count either one of those guys. So the quarterback room got a lot deeper, and Kyle was saying, I don't think we're going to, you asked him about going into spring with just uh, a true freshman and Costelli. I don't know, that would be worst case, but I don't think that's going to happen, and now we see why. Well, I had heard and had been told that Brewer was coming. That's why I asked that question. And I knew he couldn't say anything until I don't even know what he can say now with all these NCAA rules but that Brewer was coming over from Baylor. I did not know about this Jackson kid. That's two kids that went to Texas and didn't get out on the field and rising in Jackson. I, mean, I don't know. I have no idea that he's going to be moved to safety. I mean, I think he's a quarterback, and I think that's why he's coming. I don't think he's coming to be moved to safety. I can't answer that. I'm not sure. I don't know anything about that, actually. But uh, you know, they got all these four-star guys. And what are they going to do with them? You know, only one kid can play, so we'll have to see. And as far as Ty Jordan risking injury, why play in any bowl game, really? If, if, I don't think that was the reason, risk injury. When they play Idaho, whoever they play next year, why play in that game? I'm not sure that's the number one reason, risking injury, as to why you wouldn't go to these bowls, because so many of the Pac-12 now has bowed out and only two are in there. And I'm not sure that it was risking injury was the reason. Oregon to the Fiesta and Colorado to the Alamo. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Quarterback back at the five. Steps up. Gets drilled. Yes, sir. He gets mashed. And that is going to be the ball game. Six, five, four, three. They can't snap it. They can't stop it. They can't win it. Alabama wins the ball game. The The clock runs at four, at three, at two, at one. Six in a row for Clemson. As they down Notre Dame here in the ACC championship game, 34-10. And off to the college football playoffs once again is headed our Clemson Tigers. Clemson joins Oklahoma with six consecutive conference titles. Oklahoma finishes sixth in the uh, college football playoff committee rankings. They will not be in the playoff. Number two, Clemson will play number three, Ohio State. The Buckeyes won their fourth straight conference title in the Big Ten. And they're going to play in the Sugar Bowl, Clemson and Ohio State. Bama and Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl in Texas. Bama's won the title five times in seven years in the SEC. So there it is. The biggest brand names are through, PK, and everybody else can go on and do whatever they want. The big brand names to the playoffs. Who did you want in then? 
I didn't particularly care at this point. I mean, I think Cincinnati would have been good to be in. I think Notre Dame's going to get blown out, but there's an argument to be made that no matter who they put in at four, Alabama's going to beat them like a drum. So you don't have a problem with the committee's selection, or do you? Oh, I, I do, but I've given up on it at this point. I mean, we've talked about it the last, I don't know, two, three weeks. I don't know how long we've been talking and what, about it. What's your problem then? Uh, they're always going to stick with the brand names and the, the results. It's, it's if the... It just seems like they take whatever argument they want, and they can always fall back on the eye test. You know, it doesn't, I don't know that it really matters that Oklahoma's a few spots in front of Cincinnati, but it's the eye test. Everybody knows Oklahoma would beat them, and the, the scores don't matter. Iowa State had two losses and was in front of, uh, in front of uh, Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina, even though Iowa State lost at home to Louisiana. So you know? Cincinnati's your big beef then? Well, I think as an undefeated team and winning that conference and the fact that they beat three ranked teams, that yeah, they've got a strong case, but it's not good enough. It's not even close to good enough. It's not like they came in fifth. They obviously, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know that there's much difference between fifth and eighth. If that's a big deal to you, uh, I, to me, you're either in the four or you're not. Like as I've been saying, finishing second in recruiting. So you think Cincinnati should have been in? Is that the bottom line? Yes. Four more bowl games canceled. Uh, a lot of teams opting out across the country. Uh, an odd number of teams want in and have been invited. And the one that's getting left out is Army at 9-2. and two. They had a contract in the Independence Bowl, but they don't have an opponent to fill in an opponent. So maybe another team will drop out of a bowl game and they'll fill in, or maybe nothing at all for them. They're, they're two and three win teams going to the bowls, but a 9-2 and two team is out. So there's a exclamation point to the 2020 bizarro season what is trending brought to you by shamrock plumbing receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at shamrock plumbing 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing coming up josh newman you beat writer for the salt lake tribune joins us at eight o'clock Matt Marshall, National College Football Writer for the Orlando Sentinel, covers UCF as well. He'll join us at 9 o'clock to talk about the BYU Bowl game. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.